The Denver Broncos left 2023 with a win, but there's still some questions ahead for how this team operates. What did the Broncos offense look like in Sunday's game against the Chargers? We're going to get that much more today's brand new postgame episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Goodbye, 2023. Hello, 2024. Will there be more in store for the Denver Broncos this year? I mean, we're essentially here in the new year. Welcome into a brand new episode. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com here. The Broncos, they end 2023 with a victory over an AFC West division rival. And for the first time in quite some time, the Broncos have swept the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to see a new quarterback under center here for the Broncos. No Russell Wilson, but Jarrett Stidham got his first career start with the Denver Broncos. And, uh, you know, in a game where the Broncos win this one 16 to 6, there's a lot to talk about here regarding the offense and how it looked. Yeah, it was a little bit left to be desired, I think, for a lot of people, Cody, especially because you change the quarterback and you say it's a football move. And so you want to see more points on the board, right? Obviously, 16 is on the lower end of where the Broncos have been this year, even in some of their worst games. But at the same time, I mean, you got to factor in you had a missed field goal at the end of a first half on a brilliant possession there with just 24 seconds left. Really good move the ball situation. The quarterback did his job on that 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 point and right and so then you had the ball down to the one yard line later in the game had to ultimately settle for three instead of seven points after failing to convert on third and goal so overall Cody I think if people are wondering hey how did Jarrett Stidham look in this game I thought he was pretty good I mean accuracy was kind of all over the place at times I mean he missed a couple of opportunities to Jerry Judy I felt like in this game they were trying to get Judy involved early and often I felt like he missed a couple just a just the the hair fraction of inaccuracy right causes everything to be completely off and you know you're not on the same page at one point with Brandon Johnson so you had some hiccups like that you had the offensive line obviously in that goal to go situation not maybe being super familiar with his cadence and you had two false start penalties on consecutive plays so there's a lot of you know as we evaluate right now I mean in a one game sample size I think there was plenty of good Jarrett Stidham's got a heck of an arm, folks. I mean, he's he's got a big arm. I think we saw that on display in this game. But also, there's little things that need to be tweaked. But I do feel like, Cody, he was operating the offense to its fullness. And what does that mean? I think you can help me answer that question. Oh, we saw more slants. I mean, we saw more slants in this game. I think we've seen collectively all season long. We saw Jarrett Stidham hit the, the deep over to Jerry Judy, 41 yards right before halftime. Did the same thing to uh, little Jordan Humphrey, who did, you know, had to play the game really for the Broncos. I mean, honestly, I think if you make an argument here, like if little Jordan Humphrey doesn't have that big play, 54 yard catch and run touchdown, extra effort, great blocking by Jerry Judy downfield as well. Uh, who knows how this game would have went here? I think, you know, you talk about the one game sample size for Jarrett Stidham. And look, I, 
I think folks, and I think Broncos fans were coming into this weekend's game feeling like they needed to figure out if Jared Stidham's going to be the guy. Well, folks, I, he's not going to be the Broncos guy long-term, right? But you want to see, can he play? Can he be serviceable? And I feel like this game, even if he played really good, if he played really bad, I still feel like, as you mentioned, it's a small sample size, not enough to make a true determination there. But I did like some of the things we saw from Stidham from the operation part of the offense, learn like throwing the ball away. I mean, standing in the pocket. I mean, he did stay in the middle. We, you know, he had one scramble where he got blasted on he slid and it was kind of like bang, bang simultaneously. But overall, I mean, there was a lot to be desired by the Broncos offense, but I don't think that's a quarterback issue though, Sarah. I think in general, this Broncos offense has a lot of issues. Now the good news is they ran for over a hundred yards. The bad news is, is they barely squeaked over the hundred yard mark in this game. I mean, it was really led by Jaleel McLaughlin, eight carries, for 45 yards. Javante had 15 carries for 41 yards here. Just once again, Denver's offense not able to really run the football effectively. Third down obviously was an issue for them. But really, I think for me, my bigger frustration here with the offense, Sarah, lies on the third quarter. Like once again, it's like, all right, hey, it didn't matter if it was Russell Wilson or if it was Jared Stidham. The Broncos offense did the same thing it's done all year long in the third quarter, and that's go backwards on their first play, punt it away. And then you mentioned just some of the penalties. You get to the one-yard line, you can't punch it in for a touchdown. That's disappointing overall here. And look, I think fans at one point were booing Sean Pate because the Broncos were considering going for it on fourth and two, and then the Chargers called a timeout, and he reconsidered, took the points there, which was the right decision. But the offense has inefficiency issues, which to me speaks to a little bit of a bigger problem. Is it personnel? Look, granted, Mike McGlinchey left this game with a rib injury, did not return. Cam Fleming went out there. I mean, there were a couple times, I don't know if you saw it on the broadcast, but Khalil Mack kind of pushed Chris Manhurts back into the backfield a little bit. I don't know why they were trying to go one-on-one with Manhurts and Khalil Mack, but that was something that they did. But overall, you know, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't great. But Jarrett Stidham made some big plays, including a couple of conversions on third and 10, third and long, which you have to give props for that. The middle of the field, they did attack that. Yeah, and there's no Cortland Sutton in this game, no Marvin Mims. I mean, it was, uh, like you said, little Jordan Humphrey made the play of the game. That kind of <laughs> says it all right there, doesn't it? That was the personnel situation. Lucas Crow had a nice play. You mentioned the Javante Williams getting 15 carries, Cody. I go back to a stat that I think the Broncos are like, I think they're undefeated or they have one loss out of like 13 or 14 games when Javante gets 15 carries. So that seems to be a magic number for him. So for him to get 15 carries, even though it was a bit of tough sledding in this game against the Chargers for Javante, that seems to be that magic number where if they could get him 15 carries, man, the offense seems to be able or at least the team seems to be able to win games. But you're right. I mean, uh, you want to see improvement from the offense. I think after this game, we we see Jarrett Stidham seeing the field pretty well. We see him hitting receivers uh, over the middle of the field. Those are encouraging signs. I think we saw a better executed quick passing game from the Denver Broncos, whether we're talking about screens or whether we're talking about just those quick hitters out to guys like Jerry Judy. We saw a great play on third down late in the game to Jerry Judy. Very well designed. Unfortunately, Garrett Bowles decided to hold and didn't need to. I mean, Jerry was going to make the play no matter what. So I think there's just little bits and pieces as we look at this game as as almost like a preseason game, right? I mean, we're, we're evaluating every single pass. We're evaluating every single drive because we're we're evaluating a guy in a small sample size. So we're kind of nitpicking and we're kind of breaking things down to the nitty gritty because that's really all that we have. But going to be fascinated to see how he improves this coming week, especially if he's able to get Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims out there. 
Yeah, and to be honest with you, I don't think Marvin Mims is going to play this next week. Uh, you know, the fact that he was able to, you know, the hamstring pulled up during practice on Thursday, missed Friday's practice. I mean, he could, but I think at this point, you know, Denver doesn't really have anything to play for except, you know, winning record and trying to end a streak, which we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here in the show. But Broncos country, we want to know your thoughts. What did you think of the Broncos offense on Sunday? No Russell Wilson, but Jared Stidham operating the Sean Payton offense. What were your takeaways? Were you excited about what you saw? Was there more to be desired? Let us know in the YouTube comments or if you're listening wherever you get your podcasts on social media at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. But the Broncos defense kind of returned to form a little bit in Sunday's game, and they did a little bit of the things that we've been accustomed to them doing. And we're going to talk about that, break down some of the key performances here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos postgame report is brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks. And as you all know, it Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less in their projected stats, and then you place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league that was created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James was Travis Kelsey had a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. If you want to play alongside some of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes, you can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each and every week. Testing my skills on prize picks is football season is the most exciting way to play DFS. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. So make sure you check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Denver Broncos defense did its job forcing a turnover, keeping the Los Angeles Chargers out of the end zone. And unfortunately, it, it ultimately has led to a disappointing end. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to break down this defensive performance. We're also going to break down what this game meant for the Denver Broncos with everything else that happened around the league. But want to say thank you and give a shout out to every single one of you that has rocked with Locked On Broncos every day this season and in the offseason. You know that Cody and I are going to be here every single step of the way as this Broncos team looks to get to not only 9-8, and eight, but then figuring out in 2024, how are they going to potentially compete again for a playoff spot and maybe get to the top of the AFC West, which wasn't out of reach in 2023. Cody, this defensive performance by the Denver Broncos, I think they did kind of what you would have hoped or expected. They they win the turnover battle, albeit it was only one recovered fumble. They go out there. You don't see any touchdowns from an Easton Stick-led Chargers team. I think those were kind of the baseline uh, requirements for the Broncos in this game defensively, if you will. Yeah, and look, coming into this, no Josh Palmer for the Chargers, no Keenan Allen for them as well. And, you know, they were relying a lot on Quentin Johnson, getting him more looks because that's a guy who obviously could have used the reps and get more opportunities. They had, a, you know, Erickson who made a really fantastic catch for the Chargers on the sideline right now. I think it was in the, the first half, if I'm not mistaken, or in the third quarter, one or the other. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, Austin Eckler, as we all know, one of the league's most electric backs, which for some reason, unfortunately, this year, he hasn't really had the year that, you know, he's had in previous years here for the Chargers organization. And obviously they have Rashawn Slater, who's still healthy there. But for me, the Broncos defense just got back to dictating. And, and that's something that Vance Joseph said for the last couple of weeks is we got to get back to a point where we're 
not letting them dictate what we do. We're dictating what they do. And part of that whole strategy was, okay, hey, can you pressure Easton Stick? That's something that we talked about in our keys to victory, things that we need to see from Denver going into this matchup. But more importantly, they, they really shut down the run there from Austin Eckler and C.J. Spiller and other guys. Like they, they were able to compress those lanes. And I thought a lot of that was fueled by not only just Jonathan Cooper, I thought D.J. Jones, Zach Allen had good games, obviously Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell. But I thought P.J. Locke was actually probably a very big impact player for the Broncos in this game. Had a couple of big tackles, I think, at the line of scrimmage or maybe a yard even behind on one, but even had a couple of pass breakups as well. He's been a fun player to watch this season. His stock obviously is rising a little bit as the Broncos now approach NFL free agency, and P.J. is going to have some interest from some teams around the the rest of the National Football League. But Denver's defense just they, they did exactly what they needed to do. Now they didn't force five turnovers as he, you know, we've been accustomed to seeing during the course when they had that five-game win streak, but they were able to generate the one and they were able to just really get the Chargers off the field. I mean, Sarah, we talk about third down defense here in the National Football League. Denver's got one of the best in the league right now. And the Chargers, obviously, in this game, they finished two of eleven on third down. It's pretty dang good. That's the Broncos defense holding their own there. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously they also got off the field on a third or a fourth down play, excuse me, where the Chargers attempted a fake punt and it was a bad snap, obviously, by the long snapper. But Drew Sanders was kind of Johnny on the spot there. Right. I mean, he was in perfect position to make a play regardless of the bad snap. And Drew Sanders kind of had a sneaky good game here for the Denver Broncos as well, Cody. So I liked seeing that. You like seeing the young players get opportunities. We're seeing Riley Moss get more and more run out there with the defense. We saw Nick Benito return after the MCL injury that he suffered a couple weeks back. And so it's just good to see a lot of these guys out there and, and playing again or we're playing more, right? And, and that's what we want to mm-hmm. see. We want to be able to evaluate all these different position groups. Going to be very, very interesting to see what the Broncos do As we approach, I know we'll have plenty of time to break down free agents, the roster, things like that. I feel like a guy you mentioned, P.J. Locke, has really proven himself to be a great fit in this defense and with these other players around him. I think there's something to be said for that. Of course, you want to see P.J. go get as much money as he possibly can, maximize his value, things like that. But you can't help but think the fit with the current guys around him in that defense is really, really good. He's just got good chemistry, I feel, with Justin Simmons. He's able to attack the line of scrimmage. He's playing free out there. Would love to see some improvement in coverage. Would love to see fewer missed tackles. But I think there's, a, I think you found a couple of gems in the secondary of the season. P.J. Locke, Jaquan McMillan. You've got some guys that I think you can go forward and say, hey, maybe on a budget-friendly price, we can kind of build around some of these guys. Well, that's the hope too, right? And I think as well, so much of it, like Alex Singleton, once again, finishes with yet another double-digit tackle type of game. I mean, he's on an incredible pace this season. Uh, he and Josie Jewell had a really good game for the Broncos. They they bring a lot of energy and really uh, it kind of helped things up. Like Alex Singleton on this one play, this was early on, but Jonathan Cooper notched his eight and a half sack on the season, really kind of taking the lead now. And look, he just needs one and a half and against the Raiders to have double digits on the season. For the Broncos, had the first double-digit sack guy since Vance Joseph was last the defensive court or the head coach there with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, which, I mean, the, just to see where those guys are at, where everything is at in the NFL here in 2023, the, the situations are so different. What a, what a, what a crazy amount of circumstances here. But you talk about Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper. I think both these guys did a really good job containing the edge, especially on run plays. Even though Nick Benito missed two games, you know, he's still one sack back from, you know, tying Jonathan Cooper for the lead in sacks. But not only that, he still maintains 
leading the team in tackles for a loss. I think he had one or two in this game against the Chargers, had a really good edge play. Like He's setting the edge really well, not only in terms of pass rush, but he's also doing it with, to maintain run contain there. And that, I think, is such a huge dynamic. And obviously, for them to do this without Baron Browning being in the rotation, you see Ronnie Perkins, more Drew Sanders, as you mentioned. I just felt like this was a great opportunity for Denver's defense to come out and get some confidence to get back to things that they've been doing well, right? Because now they sit at eight and eight on the season. You got a matchup coming up against the Raiders who have all the talent, have playmaking personnel there on the offensive side of the ball. Was this win enough to get them some momentum to go into a season finale against the Raiders where, hey, you know, they're playing for something and that is a winning record on the season, the first winning record since 2016. Stakes are a little bit big this upcoming week here and the defense coming off of a good performance I felt overall. To me, it's something we got to highlight. Yeah, it is, Cody. I think there's some big opportunities for this team coming up. I mean, kind of as we've been on this theme of the 2022 Detroit Lions this year, flipping the script, right, or, or flipping the switch, the Broncos kind of uh, this season has been really par- like a parallel of that. I mean, the Lions, they didn't have anything to play for in their final game last year in terms of playoffs, but you really want to go into the offseason feeling good about what you built this this year, right? And I think the Broncos can. If they can win nine games, not only would they be that'd be for their first winning record since 2016, they would have a four and two record against the AFC West, which I think would end up being ultimately tied for the best uh, among all AFC West teams this year. So it's really a good situation to be in. I know that folks out there talk about draft position things like that so i guess you could look at it as a win-win this upcoming weekend cody for the broncos if they win you have nine and eight record you got a you know big win against the raiders division win and then if you lose draft position improves we'll see what happens but i think they're going to come out and they're going to come out hungry but will antonio pierce and the raiders i mean they've had some games this season cody where they just look absolutely driven out there so it's going to be an interesting one to close out the year and could Russell Wilson potentially end up in Las Vegas in the offseason? There's always a possibility. We'll talk about what's left here. What do the Broncos have to play for here as they approach the final week of the 2023 NFL regular season, even though they're in 2024? Can they end the year with a win? We'll see if that's the case here for the Denver Broncos going forward. We'll break all that action down here on today's episode of the show. Today's Lockdown Broncos post-game report is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets Whether you win or whether you lose, if you're a new customer and you sign up for FanDuel here today, the app is super easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab on the app and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays and more from player props, from spreads to figuring out, okay, are you going to choose someone on the money line? You can get in on all the action here on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Not only can you get in on the NFL action, you can get on the NBA action, MMA, golf, any sport you can think of. FanDuel, they have you covered there all inside the app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup and get yourself a chance to get $150 in bonus bets when you sign up as a new customer today. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. 
As we jump into the fourth quarter here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our post-game report. The Broncos beat the Los Angeles Chargers 16-6 at Empower Field at Mile High. The last home game of the season sent Broncos country off in a good way to ring out New Year's Eve. Now they head into New Year's as winners, but they have one game left on the season, and there are a lot of questions here after we saw Jarrett Stidham in his first game with the Broncos inside the offense. We all know the offseason. There's going to be a lot of questions about Denver, about Sean Payton, about Russell Wilson, about the offense, about quarterback. There's so much here. But in the moment, you know, you take a look at where the Broncos are at coming into this game. Like there were some parts that had formulated in a way that favored Denver a little bit early on in Sunday, Sarah, where, hey, like, OK, the, if this goes the way it is and the Broncos win these next two games, there's a chance they could win the AFC West. There's a chance they could be in the wild card. But unfortunately, you know, even though that Denver won their playoff hopes, ended and that's a little bit unfortunate going back to Sean Payton's comments about how he'd be pissed off if this wasn't a playoff team I I think in moments this season Sarah Denver could have been a playoff team right you go back to some of the games where they simply shouldn't have lost unfortunately they found ways to lose some of those games I think it further emphasized the importance about making sure you take care of business and you don't let the things beyond your control impact what you can control. And I feel like early on in the season, so much of that happened to Denver. And even if they finish with a win against the Raiders, they'll go 9-8, and eight, which is nice to have a winning record. But the goal is to make it to the playoffs. The goal is to win the AFC West. And unfortunately, the Broncos, they weren't able to do that this year, even though that the Kansas City Chiefs have had one of the worst seasons in their existence with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Yeah, and you can't help but wonder, is that a sign of things to come? Are the Chiefs going to rebound and be way better next year? Like, are they kind of just in this realm now? Like, are they are they showing that they're vulnerable? Because they've improved defensively quite a bit this season. So, I mean, we expect the Chiefs to always be right there in the mix, and we expect the Chargers to improve and the Raiders to improve. So the Broncos have to find a way to improve as well. We said at the beginning of the season, we thought maybe 10 wins would be enough to get you one of those three wild card spots right and unfortunately the broncos are going to fall one game short and they even more unfortunately had probably about five or six opportunities to get that one game i mean you go back to any number of games this season the patriots game last week they should have won a couple of weeks ago uh, against houston they should have won that game they should have never lost that lead they had in week two to washington and you can go through all these, the Jets game. I mean, you throw, you have a fumble that gets returned for a touchdown when you're on a potentially game-tying or game-winning drive late there in the fourth quarter. I mean, all of these different pieces of the season now add up to disappointment. I mean, even when you factor in, you got beat by 50 against the Dolphins. You got crushed by the Detroit Lions. You know, you had all these different circumstances. You had opportunities to win this season, to win the amount of games needed. And unfortunately, you're seeing like Joe Flacco take advantage of an opportunity that he's getting in Cleveland, Cody. I mean, it's it's really hard to see because the Broncos, they could be one of these teams. And I think they could be a factor. And we wouldn't necessarily be talking about Russell Wilson and whether or not he's part of the future of this team. We'd be talking about the playoffs and we'd be talking about maybe a rematch with the Dolphins or somebody. So it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances that, hey, when we do a full postmortem of the season, I think we're going to look at those missed opportunities in, in certain games where the Broncos were absolutely crushed by one score games last season. And they, you know, they only won five games all of last year. This year, a couple of one score games that could have gone the other way easily. And that's really haunting this team right now in week 17. 
No, it is. And look, now week 18, it's going to be another hard place, another hard circumstance here for the Broncos. And and I don't know what it's going to look like under Jarrett Stidham. Look, the offense has to be better. And, and like, I, I want to reiterate this because I feel like this whole conversation about Russ and about Jarrett and about the offense, I feel like it's become so divisive and so toxic from Broncos country. And that's the stuff that like bothers me a lot, Sarah, because I feel like there's so much emotion involved in the subject that nobody just takes a moment to sit and think, okay, did Russ will did Russ this season play his best football? No, at times he did, right? It, did Jarrett didn't play his best on Sunday? He had good moments, he had bad moments. But ultimately, I think everyone is so mad at the quarterback position without really realizing, hey, there are issues here with this Broncos offense going forward. And I think this is where the conversation needs to be had. Sean Payton has his work cut out for him because some of the things that are going on on offense, is it a talent issue? Is it a personnel issue. I think at times it can be, but you have like, for the most part, your offensive line healthy. Why can't Denver run the ball effectively? That was, you know, I think a lot of people thought that was a quarterback issue. I don't think it was. I think it's a schematic issue. How does that get corrected though? And now you have to go play Max Crosby, who's obviously playing really fantastic football. That Raiders defense is playing really well this season. They're very energetic. They obviously gave up a couple of big plays on Sunday, but for me, it's just, I'm not as concerned about Denver's defense going forward. I'm a little bit more concerned about just the Broncos offense and trying to figure out how can they find their true identity and how can they make the things that have kept them successful at times this season? How can they build it into who they want to become going forward? To me, it's that's the frustrating part about this whole conversation because everything's been talked about quarterback, 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 quarterback's important, but that's not the biggest issue here for this team right now. Right. I think it's like you said, a combination of a bunch of different things. I think, Russell Wilson and what he does well, like Sean Payton did bring out the greatest hits this year and the, and Russell Wilson brought back his greatest hits, right? Clutch performances late in games. It was just that in between, right? You're really good on the script to start games and then everything kind of disappears for a few quarters. And then you come back in the fourth and you make some brilliant plays. And then all of a sudden the stats look great. You know, you're winning games, things like that. And it kind of masks those deficiencies. And we discussed that on the show. This isn't like revisionist history where we're looking back and thinking, you know what? Yeah, it, it really wasn't that great. I mean, we talked about it in the moment after right after the Buffalo game, Cody. I remember you and I talking that Broncos could have easily won this game. The, the Minnesota game, same discussion. Even after beating the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time, we talked about, man, they left a lot of points out there on the field. So you're absolutely right. There's there's the talent. There's the cohesiveness. There's the relationship between head coach and quarterback. As we're seeing all around the league, those are those are so important. I mean, even with Joe Flacco jumping onto the Browns practice squad, I'm going to bring that up again. Even with that situation, you have a chemistry between your head coach, your quarterback. They're on the same page. The quarterback is operating the offense at a high level, but also, I mean, you've got guys making plays all across the board. Amari Cooper making crazy catches. David Njoku making crazy catches. They've got guys that are just filling spots and, and making the plays necessary. Imagine if Lucas Kroll goes up and makes a play against Houston, Cody. How different is the discussion right now? Imagine if the Broncos had a number of guys. <laughs> Imagine they converted a two-point play 
against the Washington Commanders? What if you go win in overtime? And that I mean, there's so many what if games that you could play that other teams don't have to play right now because they had the guys yeah. making the plays. So as much as you want to talk about X's and O's, there's the Jimmy and Joe's piece of this as well. You have to get more talented and the Broncos are going to have to be creative in that way because not only do they are pretty limited with draft capital, you could be changing general managers. We haven't even discussed whether or not George Payton is going to be back. Russell Wilson, he could be gone. What does that do to your cap situation? Well, it's bad and the Broncos are probably not going to be very active in free agency. So you've got a hit on a lot of these little gem moves that you make. going to be a very, very interesting offseason in Denver. It sure is. And look, if I could leave 2023 here, Sarah, with one request, like Broncos country, especially on Twitter, like just sometimes take a breather, take a step back and like remove the emotion from the situation. You can agree. You can disagree with people without it becoming toxic. And look, I think for, for us there, look, I understand we're, we're on the internet, you know, we're on social media. It's part of our jobs here, but man, I just feel like it is the engagement has not just been fun on social media. It's been very toxic. It's been very personal for a lot of people. People are angry if you have an opinion or perspective, like whatever happened to just, you know, hey, I don't agree with your opinion, but okay, I can see where you come from. I respect it, even though I don't agree. Like we got to get back to a point like that. I just feel like the toxic discourse in this fan base, and it's not just this, I think it's that every NFL team has moments like this, but for Denver, it's a little more amplified because look, and I get it. Fans are so tired of losing. Fans are so tired of not competing for the AFC West. Fans are tired of not being in the playoffs. And I understand that. But the conversations can be, I think, a little bit more productive going forward. But it is what it is. That's my last plea here for 2023 as we enter the new year. Hope you all had a safe and happy and merry new year, whatever you want to celebrate or call it there. But 2024 proves to be a year where there's going to be, once again, more change here for this Broncos football team. And we'll have you covered every step of the way here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. We're available on YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.